the show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show this fine Friday afternoon on What's On Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. What's On Your Mind Friday? Normally, Monday through Thursday, we like to keep the calls in the lane, uh, in 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 context of the topics that we're talking about. On Fridays, though, it's kind of our kickback day together. If you have a topic you have not heard discussed this week you would like to briefly discuss on the air or if uh, you'd like to weigh in on a topic that you didn't get to call in about earlier in the week today's the day on what's on your mind friday our phone number here 209-551-3483 what's on your mind today 209-551-3483 it's on my mind uh, just very briefly, and uh, I'm sure that uh, you're aware of this if you've been listening to the news briefs within the past hour. A federal judge today has temporarily blocked the Biden administration from ending the Title 42 public health order on May 23rd. Remember, that stops the administration uh, from a, a move to allow more people over the border. And that was, uh, that was scheduled to uh, be taken out of the equation on May 23rd. Again, that Title 42, which uh, enabled the Border Patrol to stop people from coming over the border due to uh, pandemic issues, a federal judge saying, nope, <clears throat> to the Biden administration temporarily blocked. So at least uh, for the time being, less people will be coming over the border at least uh, beginning on Monday. Again, this is What's On Your Mind Friday. Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. So what else is going on? Well, those pesky folks that are always at work in Washington, D.C., a, a trio of Democratic senators, uh, they, they are taking aim again, <clears throat> no pun intended, at gun ownership. And this involves Senators Cory Booker, Bob Menendez, uh, both of New Jersey, and uh, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut. And they are reintroducing the Federal Firearm Licensing Act. Now, they tried this back in 2019, didn't go anywhere. So what will it do, the Federal Firearms Licensing Act? Well, uh, Menendez, Senator Menendez says it will put in place a certification process that includes firearm safety training and a thorough criminal background and identity check requiring the licensee to be 21 years of age. He says we, we have a moral obligation to prevent these senseless massacres in our schools, supermarkets, places of worship, and shopping malls that are tearing our communities and families apart. It is my hope that my Republican colleagues will once and for all recognize the urgency of action and join us in passing this legislation before more lives 
are senselessly lost to gun violence. Cory Booker weighed in. We need to adopt proven common sense measures that will address the scourge of gun violence and make our communities safer. This bill moves us in the right direction and is based on a simple concept. If you need a license to drive a car, you should need one to buy and possess a gun. Blumenthal, Senator Blumenthal says this legislation will save lives and protect communities across the United States from the devastating impact of gun violence. How much of that would you rate as true? Let's let's of the of the three senators there the, whose statements I read. How much of that would you? What percentage of what you heard there would you rate as absolutely true? Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. First of all. The federal government has absolutely no business to be telling us we have to register our guns with them. What what was the original idea behind the Second Amendment? I see a whole bunch of hands going up right now in the Mike Douglas Show audience here. Yes, I, I know you know. Apparently, Senators Cory Booker, Bob Menendez, and Richard Blumenthal either don't know or they are purposefully mischaracterizing what their bills are really about. Would this reduce people with mental illness killing other people? What's the answer? Okay, I'm seeing a lot of hands that that are saying no. Mm, Nope, it, it would not. It would not, would it? And uh, again, the Second Amendment, what was the purpose? We'll start that off on what's on your mind Friday or any other comments that you might have. 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And uh, those of you on the phone will get to here in, uh, in just a minute or two. Uh, <clears throat> another headline today. Apparently, according to the, uh, who is it, the San Francisco Chronicle, apparently, Governor Gavin Newsom is saying he does not plan to run for president in 2024, and he's looking to have Kamala Harris to succeed Joe Biden. He has, quote, sub-zero interest in running for president. Hmm. I, I would say probably maybe the timing he has sub-zero interest in. I think he's always had his eye on the presidency of the United States. I think right now in the state that California is in, no pun intended, I, I don't know that he could face a national audience, especially with so many people leaving California. I think it would be uh, bad timing for him. And uh, uh, so he apparently, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, is going to make sure that uh, Kamala Harris follows Joe Biden as our next president. Again, I call your attention to the primaries on June 7, and then the uh, midterm elections coming up on November 8, 2022. All right, what's on your mind? 209-551-3483. Let's find out what's on the mind of Carl from Modesto. Hi, Carl. Welcome to the show today. Hey, Mike. Good to talk to you. I haven't talked to you for a little while. Um, you know, I heard your comment about what Cory Booker said, and 
you know, it's unsettling that somebody that's a representative in our government doesn't know that the Constitution uh, tells us we have a right to bear arms, but state law says that it's a privilege to drive. So those two things are apples and oranges. You know, there is no common sense correlation between you have to have a license to drive, so you need a license to own a gun. Absolutely. Carl, let me ask you, do you, do you think Cory Booker and uh, and Melendez and Blumenthal, do you think they really don't know, or are they purposefully uh, trying to tap the emotions and they purposefully giving us half-truths in order to push this thing through? Definitely. It's a political, and I'm not saying Republicans don't do it, but the the left, the progressives, they they seem to have a a way of doing it that gets at you know the heartstrings of people that I suspect are probably well-meaning but misled, and I think that's part of why we're in the the state we're in in this country right now. I uh, I agree with you, Carl. Uh, well said. Thanks for calling in and presenting your points there. Uh, Right on the money, Carl, in my opinion. Thanks for your call today on What's On Your Mind Friday. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. Let's go up the road a piece to Oakdale, the cowboy capital of the world. David, welcome to the show today. What's on your mind today, David? Well, good afternoon. First off, you wanted to know somewhat of a description of the Second Amendment. Basically, it has four parts. First part is a well-regulated militia. That's part one. Part two is says being necessary to secure a free state. So, in other words, to have a free state, you must have a militia, and the right of the people to keep arms. That simply is it. The right of the, the people have the right to keep arms. And then, lastly, it says it shall not be infringed, which is pretty, pretty simple and and plain to understand. Most, and unfortunately. Sacramento and Washington, they can't seem to understand that what, un, uh, what shall not be infringed means. But the other thing, words mean things. And in law, they they, they um, skew the words to mean different things. So when you go to a gun shop, they have a license to sell firearms. Firearms in law are very specific weapons. Typically, the barrel has to be shorter than 18 inches. And you can sell arms, and you can have arms without having a license, without having permission from the government, but you have to call it an arm, and we, because that's what it says in the Constitution. Shall keep and bear arms. It doesn't read, shall keep and bear firearms. So if you call your weapon a firearm, you are putting yourself, you are volunteering to be under federal law. So stop being stupid Take that word out of your vernacular, and and you own arms. And if a dealer, a gun dealer, all he has to do is stop advertising, I'm selling firearms, and he no longer needs a license from the government to sell an arm because it's the Constitution, Second Amendment of the Constitution. So we have to learn what words mean and how government skews the words to mean different things, and then we're stupid enough to volunteer to put ourselves under their jurisdiction. I'm Did- over 
<laughs> David, thank you very much. Appreciate your call, David. David pointing out, uh, and and rightly so, that words mean things and talking about the difference between uh, bearing arms and firearms, what that difference means. And uh, I think what our, our culture today in general, David, uh, our culture has destroyed the English language and uh, be, from pronouns to he and she to, um, you know, men becoming pregnant and what that means uh, to the right to bear arms versus uh, I have a firearm. Dave, David always has some astute observations and is one of our more well-read callers in terms of uh, the Constitution. We'll get back to your calls in just a moment. Words do mean things, and and hear these words because I mean them. Home prices are rising right now. Inventories low. Interest rate hikes mean that prices are going to fluctuate. So selling your home right now with an aggressive, experienced agent, that's the right move to maximize your equity. Are you looking to move closer to work? Think you can't afford it? Well, call the agent I trust and I recommend. His name is Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You are in complete control. No costly repairs, no long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Here's what Michelle and Modesto tells us. She was helping her dad sell his home. They need a top dollar to help fund his retirement. And she talked to several agents, found out, though, that Dan had the right plan to make only necessary improvements, and he can market the home for top dollar. She says Dan over-delivered on her high expectations and got her dad thousands more than their original goal. How about that? So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I'd recommend. I'd hired him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111 or... Go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three P's, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. Richard, stand by. We'll get to you in three minutes on What's on Your Mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday. Our phone number 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Richard has been patiently waiting on the phones. Richard from Modesto, what's on your mind today? Well, with that recent uh, airline pilot, you know, crashing his plane deliberately, uh, there's been about 1,000 people killed by airline pilots with mental problems, mental grudges, whatever. Uh, I'm starting to get worried about flying in an airplane. Uh, and also, uh, in, in China, uh, a, a man with a knife killed 25 uh, preschool kids with a knife. In Japan, uh, they've used poison gas, you know, on the subway. And in cars, uh, more people are killed with cars than with uh, with guns. So I, I uh, don't like restrictive... Uh, Especially costs like insurance. Uh, the uh, the insurance companies will settle before uh, an individual. I think that's what they want is uh, for everybody to be able to sue the uh, 
insurance company like this Remington deal. Uh, Remington didn't pay anything, but uh, they, uh, the insurance company uh, settled just to keep keep a hush on it or keep it quiet. So I'm, I'm against uh, really tough insurance policies on guns and really strict rules on guns. Uh, there's, there's killing going on. You know, there, there was a, the worst school killing in the U.S. history was that 130 kids with a janitor had a grudge against the school and he blew it up with dynamite. I think it was in the 1930s. I've read it in black and white, and uh, that was the worst school killing uh, that ever went on. It was with dynamite. So there are mental problems everywhere. I don't know how you're going to solve all that, but it's not just the guns. The guns are just, uh, I think, a way for people to make money, the the, the lawyers, to uh, – they want to sue the insurance company. They they know the uh, – the individual's not going to not going to pay him, but the insurance will. Yeah, I I agree with you on that, and I think another aspect of this, Richard, is it's really not about to, it's it's not about the the guns uh, being the problem. Really, they just want to do away with gun ownership in the United States of America. If if they were truly um, worried about this, if they truly were dealing with the root issues, and you, and you brought this up quite well, they, they would be dish, uh, issue, uh, dealing with the mental issue uh, that's involved, the mental illness issues. They would be uh, dealing with the psychological aspects of these things, uh, but, but they're not. And, and so they ignore, for example, the, <clears throat> the guy that uh, took his car down the streets of was it Waukesha, right, last uh, November or December in the Christmas parade, killing people. Well, the, the, and I learned this early on in, in my long-ago days in law enforcement, Richard, and that is if someone is bound and determined to take someone else's life, they'll find a way. They'll find a way. And it, it's just the sense of evil, mental illness, whatever's behind it, that really becomes the issue. The method is uh, the method presents itself as uh, you know as as an the most easy way to accomplish it. But I think you're right on the money. And the other thing, Richard, that I think is very interesting, in, in a time when we're looking at prime, we're in primaries in other places across the U.S. And of course, we're coming up to the midterm elections in in November, Richard. What are they? Th- Let's pretend we're we're on their side for a moment. What are they thinking in terms of bringing this up at election time? Do they really think? Do you think that the majority of the population believes as they do? What do you think? Well, you, you know they're using uh, all the tricks uh, like the uh, the pro life and all that, and it's a. Uh, they may not even believe in uh, their issue, but it's a tool for them to, uh, you know, to swing the voters, to swing the vote. I, I really don't think they're sincere. I think uh, even, uh, you know, buttering up the minorities, I don't think they're sincere. The, the Democrats in the past uh, were pro-slavery. <laughs> they, uh, you know, Lincoln was a Republican, so... Uh, it's just a, a matter of using it, whatever tools at hand. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Richard, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate that. And I, I think Richard too, that if they really believe these three senators, that the majority of Americans, uh, 
back their decision here to have guns registered with the federal government. They're absolutely tone deaf, absolutely tone deaf to what the majority of Americans think. They're in their bubble. Uh, they're they're in, and it's not even a liberal bubble anymore. I don't know what kind of bubble it is, but I don't want to be near it. All right, we'll continue What's on Your Mind Friday coming up in five minutes after news, weather, and traffic here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show, your concierge for conversation at your service here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And this is What's on Your Mind, Friday, 209-551-3483 is our number, 209-551-3483. Speaking of phone numbers, uh, you you probably have uh, heard this. Uh, They're going to have to have a new uh, area code apparently in the Stanislaus County area. Uh, Coming up shortly, uh, they're going to be running out of 209 area codes. And new phones, when they run out of the 209, I guess will be 350-350. But our phone number, not going to change. We like the 209 number here. 209-551-3483. Have you ever been through the process of changing your area code. I haven't up here. I did when I was down in Southern California a long time ago. Uh, we used to be uh, 213, and that covered uh, not only Los Angeles, but a lot of the San Gabriel Valley where, where I grew up. And then they went to uh, 818, and then they went to 626. I think we went through three of those. What got confusing was it wasn't just new numbers that were getting uh, new uh, prefixes, though, uh, new uh, uh, zip codes. Come on, Mike. More coffee. More coffee needed. Uh, New area codes. Uh, But it's a hassle. Uh, So I'm I'm glad to hear that they're not changing any phone numbers, apparently. But the new ones, apparently, were going to be uh, area code 350. Again, this is What's on Your Mind Friday taking your calls about topics maybe you'd like to talk about that we haven't discussed yet this week, or maybe you want to sound off on an issue we already talked about, but he didn't have an opportunity. Our number here, 209-551-3483. While you're thinking about that, and I've been meaning to uh, to get to this because it's it's I love this story. Uh, we had... Um, uh, Detective uh, Fernando Gomez on uh, earlier this week. He was talking about scams. There was a guy, and I think he was in uh, Jamaica, who uh, called the wrong guy to try to scam. It turned out the guy that he was scamming was William Webster. Now, at the time this call was made, this was a couple years ago in 2014. At the time the call was made, William Webster, I think, was 94. This is He's one of these guys that is brilliant. You know, his mind just keeps firing like crazy, just sharp as a tack, 94 years old. And this scammer 
decided he was going to pull one over on William Webster. And again, William Webster, I believe, is the only man to have been both uh, CIA director and FBI director. He's a smart man, very intelligent. Well, let me, uh, let me, let me play this for you. This is the caller I later identified as Keneal Thomas. Again, I believe he was calling from Jamaica, if I have that correct. Listen, ver- I know it's very hard to hear him uh, at, at the beginning, but listen carefully. He's got an accent, and there's some uh, music being played because this is off the FBI public service announcement that they produced. So uh, for their purposes, they have some music on there. But l- listen to this scam going down. This is interesting. He thought this 94-year-old guy was an easy mark. Here we go. The total value of the award is about um seven. It is about seventy. That about seventy-two million. Seventy-two. Seventy-two million. You are the first place winner. And the reason why the reason why I am they selected you to give you this amount because I do some 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 of your background check. I know that you was uh you was a judge. You was a lawyer. You was in in the U.S. Navy Homeland Security. Um, the basketball team and all of those stuff. I do your background checks. That is amazing. You're trying to scam. Tell him he won seventy-two million dollars, and uh, then what he does apparently he follows it up with asking him for. In order to get the seventy-two million, he's asking Judge Webster to send him fifty million in taxes and handling uh, fees, and then he starts to threaten uh, Mr. Webster's wife. And we'll uh, we'll give you some insights into that a little bit later. This is what's on your mind Friday two zero nine five five one. Three four eight three. Let's go to uh, John in Brentwood. John, a good Friday to you. What's on your mind today? Hey, same to you, Micah. I, we have a dis- I have a disagreement with your screener. He seemed to think I'm wrong, but I do not believe that Gavin Newsom is going to touch the presidential election in 2024. And my reasons are, or what I believe his reasons are, one. With the circus that's there right now, there is very slim chance, unless things turn around completely, that a Democrat will get reelected no matter who runs in 2024 after this mess is completely over with. Harris's approval rating is 29 percent. I don't know why. And why would he back Harris when Biden already said that he's probably going to run again? Um, Another reason is he, he is he destroyed California during the pandemic. He knows that's everybody in everybody's fresh in everybody's mind. The Republicans will cream him on that with all the businesses that shut down and everything happened. I think he's going to sit it out and, and let whatever happens, happens, and let things blow over and then wait till 2028. He's still young. I just don't see him running and losing. Because if he runs in 2024, I don't see, honestly, a Democrat winning the presidential election in 24. And if Gavin decides to run and he loses – He's not going to run again, so I think he's going to sit it out. Yeah, I. He's not. He's he's stupid, but he's not stupid politically. Uh, right. He he's very shrewd uh, politically, or at least those who advise him are are very shrewd. Uh, he's no dummy. He's he's a very sharp guy. I think you're right. I my sense, uh, and I think it falls along with with your thinking, perhaps too, John. My sense is he's looking at the fix that he's in at the moment. And I think he would like people to forget that many of his policies have helped California tank. 
and that because of many of his policies, people are leaving California. Businesses are having a long time, a horrible time trying to survive in, in this particular environment. So I think probably I'm anticipating in his mind, he's thinking he wants to put some space uh, between uh, California and a run for the presidency. Yeah, I don't I don't think 2024, I think beyond that, maybe he's what, uh, John, is he in his 50s, I think, right? Early, early to mid 50s? I, I, yeah, I believe it's early 50s. So he's he's still way within the window. And even Elon Musk has come out and trashed California. I just I don't see him wanting to get in that mess in a couple of years because the campaign would have to start in, in a year and a half or less. And I just don't see him wanting to get in that mess. The, the, everything is still fresh in everybody's mind, and, and I think he would just take a beating. He, he he may not even come out of the primary. I just don't see I just don't see him doing that. Well, and I'm wondering uh, if he's and and I know he's got a he's got an ego. I understand that, but I'm. I'm trying to get into his head, which is, I don't try to go too far with that, John, you know, to be honest with you, that could be dangerous, but I'm trying to get into his head and understand uh, his decision-making there. Uh, I think a couple things uh, are a reality. One is very unlikely, I think, that Joe Biden uh, will be on the ticket as president in, in 2024. Uh, either he, he won't make it that far mentally or uh, the party may say, no, we're sorry, uh, you're, you're done, and the powers that be uh, will not allow him uh, to run. Uh, Kamala Harris is, is <laughs> although she's vice president, I think the Democratic Party has enough sense to say, look at her performance so far, and just to be, regardless of what side you're on, she's not competent. She's not a good communicator, nope. and she doesn't inspire uh, she doesn't have that command presence that you need as as a president. So on the one hand, there's well, who else are they going to run? Would would Newsom, you know, be a possibility? I'm I'm not so I'm not so sure that America that uh, on the left would embrace Gavin Newsom. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be someone already in Washington D.C. Maybe that we haven't even thought about, but I. I don't know. So I, uh, yeah, I can, uh, I can kind of see both sides of the coin, John. I'm, I'm leaning towards, yeah, despite his ego, despite his desire, I think he does want to be president. I'm just thinking that he and his people may be reading the political tea leaves and thinking, yeah, maybe not the time to do it. So, uh, John, thanks for the call. Yeah, Got us thinking on that. Me. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Appreciate that very much. You too, Mike. All right. Uh, yeah, some good, good thinking there. And, and again, you know, looking at all the different uh, sides of this particular issue, uh, there, there I, I think there are some compelling reasons for him to run. I also think there are some compelling reasons for him not to run. And I don't know that he's really a kingmaker. Uh, I don't know that the kingmakers in the Democratic Party nationally are that fond of him. I think they were before the pandemic. Uh, but a lot of those icons that they held up sh were shown to have clay feet. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> like the governor of New York, uh, Cuomo. And and so I I don't know. I, I think, I think uh, Gavin Newsom in Sacramento really lives in a bubble, a protected bubble. 
I'm not sure that he's particularly aware of how the rest of the country may view him. But uh, we'll see what happens. I I am hoping, and again, it's not that I think the Republican Party is always the answer, but the Democrats right now that are in office in Washington, D.C., the Biden administration, they're killing us. They are killing us. They're tanking the country. They're bowing the knee before the uh, World Health Organization. Uh, the, the border is in chaos. Uh, gasoline prices are running rampant. Look at the uh, inflation rate, uh, 8% plus. I, I just don't see them fixing any of this before 2024 and certainly before the, uh, the midterms in, in uh, November of 2022. Well, we'll continue with What's on Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV on What's on Your Mind Friday. What's on Your Mind Friday? Our phone number 209-551-3483. I want to follow up on uh, that story about this scammer, uh, I think from Jamaica, who was trying to pull a scam on William Webster. Uh, at 94 years old at the time, I believe, he... He didn't, apparently the scammer didn't realize this uh, elderly gentleman had been the former FBI and CIA director, only man to have served in both offices. He's, he's trying to scam him uh, for uh, a whole, whole lot of money. And uh, he's telling me, well, you've won uh, $72 million. And he's telling me he wants $50,000 in taxes and handling fees to receive his $72 million price. But listen what happens. Uh, and William Webster started to uh, question this guy. Apparently there were some return phone calls made. And then William Webster's wife gets involved. Uh, and listen to what happens here. This is quite amazing. Listen to this scammer. This is unreal. Hey, I know you're playing around, right? You know what I'm not going to do? I won't call you back. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your husband. I'm going to set your house on fire. Because you seem to be playing around and you doesn't know who am I. So listen, I'm not giving you any more warning. I'm just going to send out my guys and listen. Anytime you put back your yourself in Washington, D.C., you'll be killed. Book of Sniper, I know your home. You see, you live uh, the place where your home at. You live in a very lonely place. And the moment you arrive, I'm going to put a shot in your head. I'm going to burn your house down. I won't, I don't play. Isn't that amazing? So if, and I know he's, it's a little hard to understand because of his, uh, his heavy accent and, and the music they put on there. But he, he's say, basically he's saying, I'm not playing around. You know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm not going to call you back. I'm going to kill you. And then he says, I'm going to kill your husband. I'm going to set your house on fire because you seem to be playing around. You don't know who am I means who I am. So he says, no more warnings. And uh, he says, um, anytime you put yourself back in Washington, D.C., you'll be killed with a sniper. I know your home. Uh, You live at the place where your home is uh, at. It's a very lonely place. 
and I'm going to put a shot in your head. I'm going to burn your house down. Uh, I don't play, meaning I don't play around. Isn't that amazing? And, of course, he had no idea, apparently, although he had researched apparently where they live, he knew enough to know that Webster was elderly, knew a little bit of his previous history, but apparently he didn't do enough research to realize that Webster had been the former director of both the CIA and the FBI. And so apparently Webster put in a call to his old buddies there, and uh, eventually, and it was probably a couple years later, as I recall, I think in 2019, the scam, they identified who the scammer was. And apparently he came back uh, into the United, or came to the United States, and they they caught him on entry, and uh, he he either is still doing or at least did jail time over this. So why am I even bringing that up? One, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing to listen to, but two, it really underscores how dangerous it is to engage uh, these people and to be very, very aware of the scams. And as Detective Gomez pointed out to us earlier this week, n- nobody from the government is going to call you on the phone and ask you for money. Uh, they, they do that by mail, for sure, the, F, the uh, FBI, the IRS, and the, uh, the, the good folks up in Sacramento, they're, they're famous for uh, asking for, for money, but nobody's going to call you on the phone and ask you for money, and especially if they ask you to give them money so that they can give you a prize or they ask you to go out and, and buy these little uh, uh, cards. Uh, big warning. There. So just a reminder, and for those of you who have elderly relatives, my recommendation is go over this with them on a frequent basis. Just make them aware that if, uh, if they get a call like that, just, uh, just hang up. Just hang up. Uh, quick note here, I saw this earlier today. Disney is, uh, I, I wonder if Disney, if the board of directors, if, if they're, if they're, regretting yet the position that they've taken in Florida. A media strategist named Giancarlo Sopo wrote uh, that he's pulled Disney and he can't emphasize how abysmal their numbers are right now. Uh, He says their name ID is 100%, meaning everybody knows who Disney is. But they did a favorable, unfavorable rating and the rating last year was 77 pro, 21 con Disney. 77 positive, 21 negative. That's a plus 56 differential there, that positive negative rating. What is it now? So the positive was 77%. It's now 33%. And their negative rating went from 21 last year to 30 this year. So they've only got, they went from a plus 56 differential last year to only a plus three. And uh, in other words, they've dropped considerably. Uh, Trafalgar Group, they did a poll, and this is very interesting because I, I this is my heart on it. They say almost 90% of Americans want corporations to quit getting involved in politics. Uh, the Daily Daily Caller notes the findings were not unique to any individual political group. Uh, independents, almost 83%. Democrats, almost 85%. Republicans, 93%. percent 
all saying that they were likely to stop using a product or a service of any company that openly advocates for political agendas that they disagree with it. How are are companies watching? Is is nobody at Disney paying attention? I think we're starting to see other corporations in the news beginning to, the light is beginning to dawn, I think. And of course, what it takes is to hit them in the pocketbook, especially if it hits uh, the pocketbooks of their shareholders who who make the decisions. Don't you wish that the companies that you trade with would would not get involved in political proselytizing? I it's, it's just Disney. I can't under. I just can't understand the whole philosophy there behind what they're doing. Somebody had to know on the board of directors, somebody in their administration had to figure out in advance this would be shooting themselves in the foot with a lot of the public. Apparently not. They, we're going to have a lot of fun coming up in five minutes. Stand by to stand by. This is going to be great. You're going to enjoy it. Coming up, five minutes on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. Local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show as we head into the second hour here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we navigate through uh, the many issues facing us here in the in the Central Valley of California. We're going to have some fun right now. Hey, just a reminder, the AHL playoffs are here. Remember the Stockton Heat playing for the Pacific Division Finals, and you can cheer on your team as they continue their historic season. Remember, coming up this Monday on the 23rd, it's the Stockton Heat taking on the Colorado Eagles in a best-of-five series at Stockton Arena. Pre-game starts at 6, the puck drops at 6.30, and you can hear it all on our sister station, Fox Sports AM 1280. Now, if you'd like a pair of tickets to attend one of these games, you just need to answer this question coming up. Again, our phone number, 209-551-3483, 501 3483 for two tickets to the Stockton Heat. Here's the question. What is the name of the play-by-play announcer for the Stockton Heat? Now, mark my words. Producer Mike has some tickets for you. Mark it down. Here's the question. What is the name of the play-by-play announcer for the Stockton Heat? Well, let me give you an example. Here's what you're here's what's waiting for you as we hear the play-by-play announcer for the Stockton Heat. And this is some of his best stuff. You're gonna love this. Listen. 
Travis Barron comes back the other way for the Grizzlies. His shot gets deflected. Loose puck rolls to Brennan Sonier. He kicks into his sixth gear. He's in onside. Sonier fakes the drop off. Then to the near wall. Absorbs contact. Waits for reinforcements. Tight ropes the blue line. Backdoor finds the man. Coulter. Lifting maneuver. He scores! Tyler Coulter on a brilliant pass from Brennan Sonier. Gets the rush back within one. 427 left in the second. Utah's lead is now 3-2. Romanko. Turns to the near side, up to the wall. How to show thrown on that, knocked away by Wallet. Rebound comes back to Quenville, sent behind. Here comes Romanko, centered in front. How to show stop, puck is loose. We're hit and they score! Tyler Coulter grabs the rebound. Ellen 43.7 seconds left. We are tied at four. Baldwin. Cross ice for the All-Star. Sonia comes down Broadway with a shot lane and it gets deflected. Puck is loose and Baldwin couldn't get a stick to it. Sonier, nifty maneuver, gets by one, towards the net, tries to get by his defender to Romanko, he scores! Darian Romanko has done it, and the Rush have come back to win it, 5-4, to four. are you kidding me? I love it, that's Mark Benetti, the voice of the Stockton Heat. Mark, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show, thanks for dropping by today, great to have you with us. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. What a throwback! That was uh, that was from my ECHL days with the Rapid City Rush. Those are uh, some fond memories I had. I got to listen to, uh, waiting to get the chance to talk to you. So thanks for the time today. Yeah, absolutely. And man, I wish you had more passion. You know, when you're calling those plays, why well, that is so fun. Just before we go, and I want to ask you about some terms. I am not. Uh, I'm an occasional hockey watcher. Uh, or listener, and so I have some questions for you. Before we get there, uh, Mark, what what got you involved in in hockey, and how did you get connected with announcing these games? So it's it's a long, long story. The short version is I caught lightning in a bottle. Um, I kind of retooled what I wanted to do for my life's work right after I graduated college, and and just eventually started connecting sevens across the board. And I did some production work for ESPNU. I did broadcast internships in the American Hockey League back home where, where I'm from in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and then that ultimately led to an opportunity with the Rapid City Rush in the ECHL and originally in the Central Hockey League before they switched leagues. That's where I was for the last eight years before I came out here to the Valley to work for the Stockton Heat. So um, it's been a heck of a well-traveled road. Um, it's been a long one nonetheless, but it, it's been a blast. Working in hockey, I think, is arguably the most fun it's a grind with the schedule, but the sport is, in my opinion, it's the best sport alive. It's the fastest, the most physical, the most intellectual, and it's night in and night out. Absolute brilliance worked out in front of you. So it's been an absolute privilege to work in the sport, and it's been a hell of a ride. Well, ab- absolutely, and and I, I would have to say you're very gifted. You you have the stuff in order to do uh, in order to Thank do you. what you do. Absolutely. Uh, just a question: Are there are there dental plans that are special for hockey players? Uh, I'm pretty sure that they do come in the league union dues. Um, <laughs> sure. No, there's uh, every team I've had the privilege to work with. They've had a phenomenal team of dentists. Um, and uh, it, it's funny how very little throughout a year with a team, you'll actually see dental work need to get done. It's a lot less frequent than people give it credit for. It just happens to be that every team has about a guy or two that has the missing teeth, but it's not nearly as it's not nearly as frequent as people give it credit for. Believe it or not, 
unlike uh, a lot of other sports, uh, there there are a lot of dust ups in uh, or ice ups, I guess, in in hockey. Uh, for for those who may not be as familiar uh, with hockey as some of the other sports, uh, what is it about uh, the fights that we see? Has that always been a, a a part of it? Is that kind of the uh, part just part of playing the game uh, in in whether it's professional or minors or or even if you're just doing it for fun? Oh, it absolutely, uh, at, at those professional levels and even in the major junior levels too, uh, fighting's always been a part of the game. And it's not, I, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, the, the Rodney Dangerfield quote, I went to a fight the other night and the hockey game broke out. It, it's a part of the game when it needs to be. Uh, you know, hockey's a very physical sport. It's a high adrenaline sport. Testosterone's pumping, blood's pumping. And, you know, there, there's, a, there's an unwritten code to the game where fighting i think plays a huge part in policing some of the physical shenanigans that uh come in tandem with the game uh, a lot of times it's used to protect star players that if you even think of hitting a star player there's there's a nuclear deterrent on the other side of that altercation that's ready to defend a star athlete um and then there's just energy too there are guys that will get in the fights just to get the fans into it get get fired up uh, or things along those lines. And, and I think it does play an integral part. I know that they've been trying to phase it out of the game, but I think when it comes to policing the physical element of the game and just the energy that it creates, it, it's very much a, a, a crucial part. Well, there, there's a game within the game, isn't there? Things that, that we may not see. I, I like, your, I like your, your wording of it, the way you've described it, sort of uh, policing it themselves. So there's a game within the game, and uh, at, at, as we begin to see that and understand that, I would, I would assume that helps us enjoy the game more, right? Absolutely. It's definitely a game within a game, you know, and that's the, that's the beauty of hockey. It's, again, it's so fast and so physical, at times it can get very brutal, but the level of intelligence needed to play the game for as fast as it is, is is something else. So it's it's a chess match on skates while also being combined sometimes with bare knuckles boxing while also being com, you know, combined with the, the physical element of, of football in a sense where, you know, it's pad on pad and it's body on body. You, you got to figure here, Mike, these guys at their top speed can skate about 30 miles an hour mm. and they're colliding into each other in that motion. It's like a, a car crash in a school zone, you know, is, is really how it is. So it, it's a beautiful, brilliant, brutal game. One, and you can't, it, nobody can get anywhere close to it. Well, friends, uh, just a reminder, producer Mike has a pair of tickets if you'd like to see the Stockton Heat in action uh, during the playoffs coming up beginning uh, Monday. Why call us and let us know the name of the announcer for the Stockton Heat, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. So, uh, Mark Benetti, uh, let's talk about some terms that, that we've heard you use. Now, I, you know, I was a liberal arts major. I uh, never was a real math whiz. I understood geometry. I was very good at geometry. And you've mentioned uh, the, the word trapezoid uh, occasionally during games. What, what does that mean to you in reference to hockey? So if you look at a playing sheet, if you look at the ice surface behind the net, there is an actual trapezoidal area. 
that it's called the goaltender's restricted area. So when the goalie plays the puck, he can play the puck. If he plays it outside of that, it's a two-minute penalty of game, and you're until the other team goes on a power play. That was a, a new thing to the ice after the 2004-2005 lockout in the NHL, where before that year there was no trapezoid behind the net, so the goaltender could come flying out of his net and play the puck behind the goal line almost as a third defenseman, if you will. It would limit the offense of the opposition. So they put that in there to restrict the movement of the goaltender so that a forward had a better chance to get the puck and promoted more offense because they were deeper in the offensive zone. So it's a trapezoidal area, so hence why I call it the trapezoid. All right, thank you. And and here's another word. Now, uh, as, as an ex-cop, this word means something to me that it may not mean to others. Uh, to me, paraphernalia has to do with uh, equipment for drugs. What is paraphernalia as uh, as you use it in, in calling a game? Uh, it's just equipment, but not for an illicit use. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, so, Doc Emmerich, uh, Mike Emmerich, uh, they call him Doc because he has a Ph.D. in speech communication from Bowling Group. Um, he is, in my opinion, the greatest play-by-play broadcaster of all time, regardless of sport. Um, and he retired not too long ago uh, from professional hockey, and he was the voice of the Stanley Cup final and the Stanley Cup playoffs for over two and a half decades. Voice of the New Jersey Devils as well. He his stamp on play-by-play is a brilliant lexicon. The man is a walking thesaurus. Both of his parents were educators, so as he put it in his own words, the English language was respected in his house. So he has about 150 different ways per period, Mike, to describe the trajectory of the puck, to describe equipment, things along those lines. And nine times out of ten, he'll use it when the puck gets caught up in a player's equipment or a goaltender's equipment, and there's a halt of play. He'll say it's uh, caught up in his paraphernalia or lodged in his paraphernalia, things along those lines. So it's really kind of a word I borrowed from him. you got to understand, for us play-by-play guys, again, we're, we're using the English language. You're not reinventing the wheel. Everybody has the opportunity to use all of these words at their disposal, and that's just one that I, I happen to like and I happen to take from one of the greatest. That's great. Uh, how about the phrase around the horn? What, what does that mean for neophytes in the hockey business? So what I've always been, what I've always perceived as around the horn is you're literally just going around the line, around to everybody at the table, so to speak. And that's uh, it's a TV show on ESPN, Around the Horn, where they literally go around panelist by panelist and they talk about uh, sports news topics at hand. So they go around the horn, and that's that's why they call the show that. So I just use that when the puck is passed around to multiple guys, and. You don't have to call every single guy that has the puck, especially if it's not such a, such a quick sequence, because you got to understand, Mike, when we're on radio calling the game, the fans are relying on us to be their eyes, their ears, and their heartbeat of what the pulse is on the game itself. you got to be concise, but you also have to go into as much detail as possible. So if there's a passing sequence where four guys have touched the puck within three seconds, I can't say DeSimone to Gravel to Shinval to Phillips, because that's way too much. By the time I'm done describing all four of those guys, the puck can be shot on net and I miss it. So I'll generally start off with whoever had the puck. And if it was passed multiple times, I'll say D. Simone goes around the horn to Phillips. And I accomplished the exact same thing I wanted to do compared to listing everybody out, but it was more concise. So I'll use around the horn to describe the passing sequence where there's 
three or more guys that touch the puck in rapid succession. Awesome. Uh, one more final question before we let you go, uh, Mark. What's a double doink, and how often do you see it in Stockton Heat hockey? So um, the double doink is a football term. I cannot for the life of me remember who it was. Um, it may have been Blair Walsh, uh, who was a kicker in the NFL, and he hit the post twice. And the play-by-play man, I want to say it was Joe Buck. It could have been Kenny Albert said he got a double doink off the post. He hit two posts and it went out, and they could have won the game with it, and they didn't. And so it happened the other night where Itu Tulola of Stockton Heat on the same shot hit the post twice, and it went out. Now, granted, later the Heat eventually scored, but, um, you know, they just weren't getting any puck luck. It wasn't bouncing the right way. It was just a horrendous display of the laws of physics. And poor Itu Tulola hit two inches of hollow iron twice. So I just went to the first term that I knew to describe it, which was the double doink that I had heard in a, in a football playoff game years ago. And it was just what, what stuck for me. That's the only time this year that I've used it because it had to happen in the same sequence, and that's the only time that it did. Awesome. Uh, Mark Bonetti, you're awesome. We thank you so much for visiting with us, and you can catch Mark coming up this Monday on the 23rd. Again, a pregame at 6 p.m. The puck drops at 6.30 on Fox Sports AM 1280. Mark, we'll look forward to listening to, listening to you, and thanks so much for dropping by today and uh, visiting with us. Really appreciate that. Appreciate the time, Mike, and uh, for both of you, Mike, for that matter, you and, and the producer as well. Thanks for your partnership this year. It's been a privilege to be on Power Talk, and we've had the opportunity to be so, and the same on uh, Fox Sports AM 1280. You guys are dynamite. All right, Mark, thanks so much. Mark Bonetti, the voice of the Stockton Heat. We'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. This is our time uh, to take a look back at the week. If there's a story that you're interested in that we didn't talk about, or if there was a story we did talk about and you didn't get a chance to comment on it, what's on your mind Friday is the time to call. 209-551-3483. Secret Service, boy, they're back in the spotlight again. Isn't this amazing? Uh, Apparently a Secret Service agent and an armed physical security specialist uh, were uh, on the advanced team in in South Korea. And uh, what what happened there? Well, apparently they they had some off time, uh, imbibed too many adult beverages, And as they got more and more intoxicated, they got into a heated argument with a cab driver. Apparently, police were called and a report was filed. And so the Secret Service agent involved in the altercation was interviewed by local police authorities. Uh, They're saying no charges have been filed at this point. The chief spokesman for the Secret Service has said the Secret Service is aware of an off-duty incident involving two employees which may constitute potential policy violations. 
Well, what about the lousy way that they're representing the United States of America? I, this comes back to my thesis more and more and more that federal law enforcement ain't what it used to be, is it? It's just, these are agencies and, and people I grew up admiring. Maybe I shouldn't have, but I had them on a pedestal. Maybe it was a Hollywood-esque idea, but I don't think so. We, we know uh, some Secret Service agents. We know some FBI agents and retired FBI agents. We, in fact, uh, we have an extended family member who was a postal inspector. He was a, a federal agent, spent uh, many, many years uh, catching uh, postal employees in fraudulent activities and people uh, using the mail for fraudulent activities as well. And uh, all the people I know are stand-up guys and gals. They they have tremendous integrity. They're the kind of people that you want. If you're in a firefight, they're the people that you want watching your back because without, without a doubt, without even thinking of it for a millisecond, those that I know, I know, would protect my back if we were uh, in a firefight together or any other kind of fight. I'm wondering now, I, th- th- time and time again over the past uh, oh, couple of years, especially as we have seen federal law enforcement uh, used politically as a hammer against political opposition, uh, it just worries me about the conduct and the integrity of the higher-ups because eventually that, that starts to trickle down to the field people. To the guys and gals, the boots on the ground. I am so sorry to hear this. And uh, I don't know, what do you think? Is your trust of federal or state law enforcement, is it waning a little bit? I'm, I'm getting worried. I don't know about you. We'll continue the conversation in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Show now weekdays from three till five on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday here on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. Our phone number two zero nine five five one three four eight three. 209-551-3483. Those of you holding, hang in there. We'll get to you in just a moment or two. Uh, here's an interesting note that I just uh, just saw on Twitter. By the way, I don't, and I I point this out to um, to folks all the time. I don't I don't communicate normally on social media. Uh, email, yes. Um, Mike on 1360 at gmail.com, Mike on 1360 at gmail.com. In between shows, uh, if I can, I'll acknowledge it as best I can. And if we have time, um, uh, discuss things, but normally it's, it's a, a quick look and I so much appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to email in. But aside from that, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook, uh, and I don't do conversations on social media. If you watch the replies on social media, uh, it, it's, it's discouraging. You, you lose faith in, uh, 
in, in human in the human race. And so I, I don't look at the replies to things. I just discipline myself not to do that. But anyway, I, I noticed uh, reporter Ashley Zavala up in Sacramento retweeted a tweet from uh, Laura Court. And uh, the PPIC is saying that Californians, this is an interesting stat, Californians are about 25% less likely to die in mass shootings than the national average. That, I, I wouldn't even have thought of researching that. Californians are about 25% less likely to die in mass shootings than the national average. They say still data shows a mass shooting, and that's gun violence that they I don't like that term. Someone using a gun, uh, injuring uh, four or more people, happens every 8.3 days in California. So uh, a little over every week, there's some type of mass shooting apparently in California. But still, Californians are about 25% less likely to die in mass shootings than the national average. Not sure what to make of that. 209-551-3483, our number on what's on your mind, Friday, 209-551-3483. Let's go to Modesto and Ken. Ken, what's on your mind today? Hi, Mike. Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate your show. I'm calling in to uh, see if other people are getting tired of the uh, campaign ads with all the politician jargon. Like, oh, I'm a veteran. I'm a I want to Ken, we're losing your uh, we're losing your cell phone uh, signal. I'm going to put you on hold just for a moment. Uh, maybe if you can move into a better area real quick. I, I don't want to miss your call. I'm intrigued by what you're talking about in terms of the campaign ad. So I'm going to put you on hold just for a second. I'll come right back to you. Hopefully your uh, your cell will, will change to a, a new cell tower there. All right. Uh, so I'll be right back to you, Ken. Uh, Barry from Modesto. Barry, what's on your mind today? Hey, Mike. It's good to talk with you. First, I'd love to say I love the localness of your show. It's hard to get local news. I have stopped taking the local paper years ago, so it's nice to tune in every afternoon and pick up what's new. Um, With the election that's going on, I personally know of two ballots that have been delivered. I have one in my hand. Uh, To someone who does not live here, is registered in another state, and the other one was mailed to another family member of mine. I saw the movie uh, 2000 Mules here recently, and one of the questions that came to mind for me was, where are they getting all these ballots that they're stuffing the, mail, the, the ballot boxes with? And I'm sitting here holding one in my hand. I'm told to write undeliverable and put it back in the mailbox. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to turn it in down at the election office. And then there was another thing that happened. I saw, this was quite a while ago, a report on KCRA3 News about the EDD um, department and the 30 billion the state lost. And I was wondering, where did they get all these addresses? And one of the things that they tracked them down to were homes that were on the market for sale. And they would go in and they would check the mail in these homes and they would find addresses that way. And I'm wondering how many ballots are out there 
that are going to homes where the, the owners aren't there anymore, and people are picking them up and gathering them and depositing them. Um, I guess I'm. I guess what I'm asking, or what I'm what I'm asking is maybe not so much you, but how many people in your listening area know specifically that you have a ballot that is not a legal ballot? Um, like I said, one one is a person that's out of state registered. Another place, another person owns a rental property here, uses the address for local mail. He's not by any means a resident of the state by definition. Yet I know in the past he has he has voted. He hasn't the last couple of years because I called him on it. Um, I don't think he really realized. He thought, well, I've, I've got a property here. I should be able to vote. Anyway, I'm wondering what your thoughts are and the thoughts of your listening audience. Barry, thanks for the uh, thanks for the call uh, and and your questions. We appreciate that very much, and thanks for being a listener as well, Barry. I appreciate that. Uh, I think uh, Barry, these uh, and I'm writing down your your questions. Uh, we will be we are uh, scheduled to. I don't have a, an exact day yet, but we'll be talking with the registrar of voters in Stanislaus County uh, before the primary is coming up on June seven. And these are the kind of questions that will be posed to her, uh, posing to her. And by the way, Stanislaus County, they've been very upfront, very transparent about what they do and and how they do that. I think uh, uh, Barry, (laughs) you know, it comes down to the fact that our whole system, these mail-in ballots, it's just rife with the potential for uh, fraud. And anytime you have the potential for it, there are people will, who will take advantage of it. So I think that's uh, we're being victimized by that. And uh, Barry has a, an example of holding a ballot that belongs to or that is named someone who doesn't live at his residence. I got one of those, too, a ballot that uh, is addressed to someone who doesn't live here. And so I'm, I'm sure it's probably common. Uh, how about you, friends? Have you encountered that? 209-551-3483. Speaking of campaigns and ads, I'm going to go back to Ken now. Hopefully we got a better signal, Ken. Uh, you were talking about your frustration with hearing uh, so many campaign ads and, and the content. Let, let's uh, continue that conversation, Ken. Yeah, I, I believe it's important to know somebody's background. I just want to hear less of it. I want to hear more of what matters to the voting public. I want to hear their voting record and what they really stand up against or what they really stand for. You know, it's just too much of that. Oh, I was a soldier in Kuwait and I'm very thankful for all that for their service or I was a doctor for all this time. But I would just like to just get to the facts more because that's what I think people need to hear. Just the facts of what they believe in, what they stand strongly for. So the voters can get a better idea of who they're voting for. I agree with you 100 percent, Ken. I often wonder what the campaign managers, many of these campaign managers are thinking uh, with the content of these ads. And I'm I'm with you. Uh, I'm fine if they were a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout. Uh, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm fine that they give, and I'm not picking on anybody in particular. I'm just thinking of some of the ads that I've heard Ken and maybe you've heard as well. Uh, their, their profession, yeah, that's, that's important to me to a degree. But I want to know what issue are they going to attack and how are they going to attack it? Uh, I think, regardless of what people think, one way or the other, Donald Trump was pretty clear 
about what he wanted to do and how he was going to do it. And what I see so much of today, Ken, and, and maybe you're, you're hearing it too, is very foggy, mushy uh, con- content in these campaign ads. Feel good things, but nothing substantive. And the problem with that, Ken, I think, is that when they get into office, if they've been kind of mushy and they're just appealing to emotions, that's all we get when they're in office, right, is is mushiness and more uh, more emotions. Exactly right, and that's where all the rhinos come from. We need to weed out the rhinos and vote for true patriots that really love this country and want to get it back on track. Absolutely. And and can you bring up another great point that I think is something that we need to keep uh, in our minds and in front of the candidates themselves is I don't care whether you have an R or a D or a Greenpeace or an independent, whatever, following your name, you get into office. We want you to perform and we want you to have integrity and we want you to think uh, with uh, justice and we want you to act with just. We want you to act according to the Constitution of the state and the Constitution of the United States of America. And you're right. You mentioned rhinos. So there are have been so many over the years with the R after their name that have uh, won elections or they've been there too long, and all of a sudden they become uh, very used to their environment and they just say what they think people want to hear frustrating isn't it yeah they get invited to those cocktail parties though that they really enjoy (laughs) i think you're right hey ken thanks for the call i'm glad your cell phone uh, cleared up good good comments there we appreciate the call thank you mike i appreciate your show all right man have a great weekend thanks for calling uh this is what's on your mind friday on the mike douglas show 209-551 3483. We'll continue to find out what's on your mind as the conversation continues in three minutes on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas on the iHeartRadio app. I stepped on her again. She's probably getting tired of that. My apologies. Mike Douglas here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV on What's on Your Mind. Friday, the lady announcer, probably what's on her mind is she wishes I would quit stepping on her. So my apologies for that. Uh, This is What's on Your Mind Friday, our phone number 209-551-3483. And we've been talking about uh, frustrations with what we hear in campaign ads. We've been talking about frustrations with the mail-in ballots and the potential uh, for fraud in, in that regard. And uh, here, here's, have you heard this story? This is interesting. Apparently, the Census Bureau reports that it has miscounted 14 states' population numbers for the 2020 census. And so some people were wondering, well, what are, who are the 14 or what are the 14 states? Uh, apparently, eight were overcounted, six were undercounted. And they're saying that the majority of, uh, of the states whose populations were overcounted were in blue states, whereas the majority of those that were undercounted happened to be heavily Republican. 
So the state with the highest overcount was Hawaii, almost 7%. The state with the greatest undercount was Arkansas, by undercounting 5%. And those, uh, the rest of those that were overcounted included Delaware, Rhode Island, Minnesota, New York, Utah, Massachusetts, and Ohio. The undercounted states were Texas, Illinois, Florida, Mississippi, and Tennessee. So it's very interesting. Now they're, now they're saying, oh, oh, that's not going to affect the Electoral College for presidential elections. That's just a, a little slip up. What do you think? Uh, are, are these the same vote folks that'll be helping count our votes? This is the kind of thing that just begins to chip away and erode our confidence in just and fair elections. And again, we've been, uh, we've been talking about the fact that many of us are holding sometimes ballots that are mailed to our homes that uh, are addressed to people who no longer live here. And uh, I can remember the, the ballots, uh, a hundred of them, weren't they, found in uh, Los Angeles uh, a couple of weeks ago. So again, the problem with the whole mail-in ballot, uh, the whole philosophy behind that is rife with the potential for fraud. And I, I think that's, uh, that's what we're going to see. I'm, I'm, what about, are you for just going back to the old method of showing up at the polling place, showing your ID, proving who you are? They draw a, a line through your name to show that you were there and so you can't get uh, countered again. Why can't we do that again? What, why, why can't we do that again? And, well, you know, the, the answer may be, well, because then we can't cheat. I, I think that's the, the obvious answer. Uh, we, we, we can't manipulate the election if people have to show ID. Well, that's racist. It is not racist. I am so tired of hearing that. It is not racist to ask for people's identification to prove who you are. I mean... Let's be serious. Don't you need identification if you look youngish? I don't drink alcohol, but don't you have to have identification to buy alcohol at a liquor store? If you're at a restaurant, if you're youngish looking, don't you have to show identification to prove how old you are? Well, why can't we be required to show identification to vote in person? It is what's on your, that's what's on my mind at the moment. What's on yours on what's on your mind Friday on the Mike Douglas show, 209-551-3483. Let's go back to the phones. Lori from Modesto, what's on your mind today? Well, a woman and I spoke on the city bus one day and she asked different things about the president and she wanted to know if he was democratic. She stated that he then I asked her, well, wonder if he really has always been a Democratic. And she kind of laughed, and she says, yeah. She said, I've always been a Democratic, so what do you really think? And then she turned around and got off the bus. Has anyone ever spoken of that on, on any of these? Some of these aren't really Democratic people. Uh, do you mean that they are... Republicans pretending to be Democrats? Is that 
Is that your point? Right. That's exactly the way this lady stated it, yes. Yeah, well, that's, uh, Lori, you've, that confounds me a little bit. <laughs> Thanks for the call, uh, Lori from Modesto. That's an interesting question. Not quite sure how to uh, answer that. That would be something, it, but Lori brings up an interesting thought. If you don't like what the other party's doing, do you have a long-range plan where you register as one of them, get into office, and then purposefully destroy the state or destroy the nation? There's a, there's a thought. Now, Lori, I'm not going to be able to sleep all weekend because you've planted something in my head that's going to bother me for a while. That's that's uh, that's an interesting story. Let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483 on What's on Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Uh, Richard, what's on your mind? I have a neighbor that um, got a ballot in her maiden name at her parents' house, had been married for quite some time and moved, and got her new name on another ballot, so she had two ballots, two different names, and when she called to inquire about it, she was told to send them both in. They'd figure it out themselves. Wow. You know, the, it just seems irresponsible to me, Richard. We need to tighten this thing, these things up. And again, uh, we hope to be talking to the Stanislaus County Registrar uh, here in uh, the next week or two, and we're going to ask her some of these questions, Richard, because... Uh, I, it, it's worrisome, isn't it? I, I'm, I'm losing confidence uh, with these types of stories being so prevalent. I'm losing confidence in, uh, in the integrity of our system. Uh, got about 15, 20 seconds, Richard. Any last thoughts there? I just like what you said about going back in with the ID and crossing the name out. I think that's wonderful. It's not that big a deal. Amen. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I'm all for that, Richard. Thanks so much for the call, and uh, have a have a blessed and wonderful weekend. I, I I can't we go back to voting in person? I the mail in ballot thing I I just is eroding our system. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this Friday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I will be back with you Monday at three o'clock here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV.